Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to the first Geek Nation episode of 2023. We made it. Kind of, yes, partially. <laughs> we are back. For the most part, we are. We'll see if our brains are still in 2022 or, you know, under a desk. I have no idea. It's but I, time to kick off the new year, Vicky. I am Vicky Barcelona, and across from me is Joey Dees. Hello. BJ Shea is, I think, still hungover from board gaming and New Year's and Christmas and all that fun stuff. He is on assignment. But today, we will talk with Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed, SKNR.net. We have a lot of rumors, both in the Marvel and Star Wars universe, and he gives us a quick recap on CES. We will talk a big merger that might be bringing shows to Amazon Prime. Mm. Yes, and of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can the people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. .com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search BJ Shanks Geek Nation on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. Although I do realize this is the first main show episode because we did have a Board Game Alliance episode, didn't we? Yes, we did have a BGA, I believe, last week. Yes. So I just wanted to clarify. We played a game. Ooh. I did not do well. No. So if you guys want to see how he did, go back to that episode. Yes, that's right. But until then... We have Gareth von Kallenbach joining us. Gareth has great news, and let me tell you, it's involving Adam Driver, and I love Adam Driver. He's been in a lot of great movies. He's done, of course, Kylo Ren and Star Wars, but he might be playing a new character that people are going to hear about. Ooh, yeah, stay I, tuned. I'm in love with him. Ah, yes. Well, we'll have to hear more from Gareth right now. With us today is Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Gareth, we are in the new year, 2023, and CES has just wrapped up, and I hear you've been doing some uh, work down there. Yeah, it was an interesting show this year. It was much larger than last year, which was really surprising. I mean, uh, to recap, Delta hit right as uh, it was getting ready to go. A lot of people, uh, companies pulled out, so like we got on the floor, and you'd see a booth and just massive amounts of wide open space until the next booth. It was not like that this year, but like one of the big two-story halls was still closed. So they were mainly in the Central Hall and the West Hall, as well as the Venetian and suite meetings. Uh, but it was interesting. The West Hall was mostly like cars and combines. They had kind of a really funky DeLorean. Um, they have this car that changes colors, which I thought, you know, GTA right there. I'm thinking that must be great. They put out an APB on a black car. You turn it red and just keep going. That could be, uh, you know, something funny. That's cool. But yeah, the main hall was rather interesting. I mean, you, you did not see all of the players. They gave us a number, like in a typical year, you might see 200,000 guests. Uh, they were estimating about 100 to 115 spread out over the days of the show. Uh, so while not to the level of what you normally have, you did have some interesting stuff. I mean, you had the players like Samsung was there, Canon was there, and they had a nice little tie-in with the knock at the cabin, uh, which is coming out. They had a cabin that you can go into and look around. Um, Razor was there showing off some stuff. Didn't really show anything new, no, more like, you know, newer models of their sound bars, their blade um, laptops, that sort of thing. You did see uh, some interesting stuff from Sony, and they were kind of like, at least for me, for what we cover, the highlight, 
because they were debuting PSVR 2. It was actually the unit was there, and people were able to sign up and do it. Now, there was a little bit of controversy about it, because, like, uh, on the video I have one guy saying, you know, they're asking him, did you sign up? And he's like, nah, you know, I signed up, and supposedly all the slots were already filled up through the next couple of days, even though I was, like, first or second in line. So it definitely seems like a lot of it was invite-only, uh, but we did get to see people using it. We got to see the gameplay on the screen, and we got to hear people commenting on it. So it was very interesting. How did it look? It looks really good. I mean, it's hard to get an example of how good the, the visual displays of the headset are when you're looking at a screen, but it's smoother. It's much more high definition. One of the things we found out people were noting, uh, it seemed to have like a little bit of lag in tracking. And for the demo purposes, they turned off the directional controls of the handheld unit. So a lot of it had to be done with your hands and your head movement. And then some people said that they experienced a little bit of a lag. And that was attributed to a lot of wireless devices directly around the unit, uh, potentially interfering with the signal. But it has had rave reviews. I've ordered my copy already for next month. So I'm very interested to see. Uh, what it's going to play out. They were only showing Horizon Call of the Mountain, but it it seemed to go over well. I've got a couple of games that I've got my eye on for it, so we'll see. I hope to do an unboxing and post some video next month from it. Oh, I'll be looking forward to watching that. Uh, anything else cool you saw at CES? Anything that grabbed you? A lot of concept stuff. I mean, like, you would see things like wireless televisions and all that, but, you know, I'm kind of of the opinion, why would I spend $3,000 on a 55-inch TV just to avoid plugging it into the wall. I'd rather have a bunch of televisions and go from there. Uh, You know, the stuff that was really revolutionary and groundbreaking tended to be more of the, uh, like, medical side of things, more the automotive side, the really, really high-end stuff. So there was a lot of things to look at, but if you were looking at kind of the day-to-day stuff, you kind of, uh, I saw a great article in one of the Las Vegas papers. They compared it to panning for gold. That at first glance, you might see nothing. You might see nothing again. But if you're patient, you're going to find real nuggets. And that's kind of what I found for this show for the average user. In that, at first glance, you could say, wow, I didn't really see anything audio that was new and different. I didn't see anything here. But then you look a little bit below the surface, and all of a sudden it's wow, these self-heating lunch boxes are pretty cool. And uh, this, you know, smart crock pot's really cool if you're into that. And wow, these new camera attachments are good. These new televisions look good. So it was kind of more of finding what is appealing to you rather than going in and saying, like, I didn't see drones all over the place this year. I didn't see, you know, uh, just off the top of my head, companies like SteelSeries, NVIDIA, Turtle Beach, they weren't there. So I didn't have that, you know, huge amount of gaming uh, headphones and keyboards and stuff to look at. But then Samsung had some interesting stuff like smart refrigerators. Uh, we saw some of their gaming monitors and stuff like that that were really impressive. But then, you know, there's that part of me going, right, but I'm not going to pay $1,600 and up for a gaming monitor, no matter how big it is, no matter how high def it is. But it's still great concept stuff to look at, even if it's now nah, I wouldn't pay for this. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I could use a smart crock pot myself. I don't know if I'm going to need a wireless TV, though. I'm with you. I don't move my TV. It stays in one place. No, no exactly. It's like, and, and here was this other thing. That is chessboard. And I looked at it, and I go, okay, that's pretty cool. But then 
you start having questions. So imagine a full chessboard with the wooden pieces, but you don't move the pieces by touching them. You move them through an app on your phone. Okay. And my first thought was, okay, is this for accessibility purposes? And then I thought back to, you know, the, back in the day, and I go, they had video chess on the Atari 2600. They've had video chess on your smartphones and tablets forever. Do I really need to buy a chessboard that I can move the pieces around with a electronic device versus literally putting my hand on them? And I kept trying to think, all right, what if you have a disability and you can't move your hand and move the pieces? Then you use the app. But then I'm thinking, but wouldn't you be playing video chess already? So, But that kind of gives you an idea of what they were. You would see these things and go, wow, that's really awesome. But then you, you know, when you think about it, go, is that really practical, especially for the price? But it does make things really fun. Uh, one thing I was going to tell you about, this was really cool. They had this thing called the Hyperloop. And... Um, what they used to do is that the, they have buses that bring you in and out, and you have a standard pickup and departure area. This one goes to this hotel, so on and so forth. We went up to our usual departure area where we'd been at forever, and they said, nope, nope, you're now on the other hall, the west hall, the brand new one all the way over. So instead of walking through the rain over to it, you go underground, and they have this little station with all these electric cars constantly on a pattern. They go wing doors, everything. They load you up. And then they go into this tunnel, and it's like a neon Battlestar Galactica, where it's this you know circular tunnel with all these lights, and you drive through it. Now, the funny thing about it is I was looking at it going, you know, if we get stuck down here with gullwing doors, there's only a, a few inches of space on either side. They're not going to be able to open it up. And, of course, my wife tells me, hey, you know, when they opened this thing, they got jammed up in here. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, great, but... But we got through to the other side, and it was really efficient. It certainly beat walking in the rain. So that was that was kind of cool. We got a little taste of some future transportation options. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, anything to reduce traffic, I'm all down for. Uh, moving on from CES, Gareth, uh, you have told me on our chat that you have an Adam Driver rumor. Now, Adam Driver, Kylo Ren, I'm a big fan. What is he uh, going to be doing in the future? What rumors have you heard? Okay, so right now we're getting a lot of rumors about future Marvel casting as well as future James Bond casting. The rumor is, and this was just as of the other day, that Marvel is very heavy on Adam Driver to play Reed Richards in the new Fantastic Four movie series. Interesting. Mr. Fantastic himself. So we're not getting John Krasinski then. Well, that's the thing. Krasinski keeps saying, no, he was done. It was just that segment for... Uh, Doctor Strange, and that's it. And, you know, things can always change on a dime. But at first glance, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure about this. But then I thought about it. If you dig a little bit beneath the surface, it actually has a lot of uh, sense to it in that he's been doing some dramatic roles recently, so he is kind of trying to stretch himself out. And you look at the Star Wars films. He's dealt with extensive visual effects, so that's not going to be a problem for him. And he's also had to deal with toxic fandom. Oh, yeah. Now, the, the Marvel fans are not nearly as rough as the Star Wars fans, but let's face it, everybody, he's emo, he's this, he's that, so on and so forth. He dealt with all that, and he got through it, because there have been reports of a lot of people from uh, the, the uh, what do you call them, the sequel trilogies, wiped their social media accounts because the fandom was getting toxic. He just plowed right through it. So... I, I wonder if that's part of it, that no problem being part of a big franchise, 
no problem dealing with the extensive effects, and he knows how to handle the pluses and the minuses that come with the fandom related to this type of role. Well, that rumor's got me way more excited for the Fantastic Four movie than I was. I do hope it ends up being good. I don't. I mean, I don't know what he's going to be like in that role because I have seen him in more serious stuff. And Reed Richards is, you know, an interesting character to be playing. Exactly, and you know, and that's the thing. We're getting so many rumors because that's the time and place for it. We're getting, you know, we're still a few months away from uh, CinemaCon where they really start pumping the films. But the films they'll be pumping are usually ones that are already filmed so they can show some kind of footage. We're still a couple of years away from the Fantastic Four, but we are getting to that point uh, where it happens. And then, of course, we've always got the rumors that we had this with Wakanda Forever and it didn't pan out, but some are saying what they're going to do is they're going to introduce whoever it is in a post-credit scene uh, for either Ant-Man, for the Marvel, that sort of thing. And it's like, you know, that's always a popular rumor, but we all know that a lot of times the post-credit scenes do throw some curveballs at people, so who knows? That's right. Yeah, there's always more rumors out there. And speaking of more rumors, before I let you get out of here, uh, Gareth, from Marvel to Star Wars, I hear you have a Star Wars rumor for us. Oh, yeah. Now, this is good, and I actually I think there's a lot of heat behind this one. So right now we're getting a lot of stuff. we got the Bad Batch Season 2. We've got the Mandalorian Season 3 coming. They've got the Ahsoka series and the Acolyte in the work. These are all Disney Plus shows. Everybody's saying, well, what's happening with the other stuff? We know about the video game, Jedi Survivor, blah, blah, blah. Supposedly, uh, we've got a lot of movie announcements coming. And what we've got to look forward to is we have Star Wars Celebration coming in just a couple months. It is going to be in London this year. It was in Anaheim last summer. We are told that supposedly they are going to announce several films at Star Wars Celebration. And the first one should be ready to go by 2025, and it's very interesting. We don't have any specific plot details, but we've been told that the rumor is that it is going to be right after the sequels. It will have all new characters. It will have a female lead, that sort of thing. But characters from the sequel series will appear in it. Wow. So they're going to restart up from the uh, the point they left up on. I would not have expected that. Uh, yeah, and that that really kind of blew people's minds. I've heard a number between three and five films. Uh, one of them may be a new trilogy, at, whereas others will be more standalone. Now, someone said, uh, because it's a new trilogy, don't necessarily think of it as episodes 11, 12, and 13. Uh, it may be just, you know, Star Wars, blank, 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 uh, you know, part one, part two, part three. But apparently at least three of the planned five films are going to be connected. So that's the rumor. At the very least, they're supposed to announce uh, the next film that will be coming in 2025. That's awesome. Man, what a way to start off 2023. Some huge news. I mean, more five possibly more Star Wars movies? Hey, that's what i like to hear. Gareth, thank you so much for keeping us up to date. I can't wait to hear more as we uh, continue on down the year. I have, absolutely. And there's a lot of stuff that's out there, and I'm just really excited to see how quickly the news starts dropping. Awesome, man. Well, we'll talk to you again soon, Gareth. Thank you. Anytime. Take care now. Thank you so much again, Gareth. Wow. 
Von Kallenbach. Von Kallenbach. <laughs> Adam Driver is Mr. Fantastic. Who would have thought it? I mean, he, the thing is, he is a phenomenal actor. I would say what you want about Kylo Ren. Like The first time I ever saw him was on that show Girls, which after... I didn't even finish watching it because all the girls are just horrible people. They're oh, just no. garbage humans. The characters, I mean. But I loved his character and his intensity and just seeing him in all the different roles that he has done since then. He's done a lot of dramatic roles. And a uh, little tease, if you tune in later for the Geek Sheet, he's in a movie that I'm going to suggest you check out. Ooh, fun. Yeah, so there is that. And I don't know. I like it when he smiles. He has a nice smile. He has a nice <laughs> smile. I like his smile. Moving along from that, though, Vicky, I believe you have some news for us that's going to really please a lot of Amazon uh, customers because I have problems with HBO Max. It's Warner Brothers, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's who owns HBO, right? I Warner believe Brothers, that's WB? right. And well, I always have to jump through so many hoops to log on their stuff. Now, I love their content. Besides that, you know, the hoops mm. that I'm jumping through. You know, every time I get onto the app, I'm watching something. I'm watching White Lotus. I'm watching mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. But, you know, I hear we might be getting easier. It, it's interesting because they have recently cut so many things. They cut a lot of shows out, whether they were going to be in production or we didn't get another season of it. Or they just removed a bunch of content they already had. So that's been in the works for a while, which makes people think they're trying to save money. Maybe they're not making enough money, this or that. Like, uh, for example, they pulled hundreds of Looney Tune cartoons, the Flintstones from uh, the service. It was just part of the whole deal, I guess. It was, um, I think they had a, uh, what was it, a merger go on as with... Um, so there's so many different mergers, so yeah, many different companies. Discovery Channel or something they merged with? Yeah, so basically as part of the deal to acquire Warner Brothers, Discovery took on billions in debt, motivating the harsh cuts. So I think it was Discovery. Like, that's so confusing because when it comes to the world of streaming services, like, everyone kind of owns everything a little bit because Hulu is technically majority owned by Disney. Okay. So, so, I mean, it would make sense to have more Marvel shows, and there are a few Marvel shows that have uh, that are like, uh, what was it, Hellstrom and stuff, that were exclusively on Hulu. Um, they're, like, I think, like, Comcast or Xfinity owns, like, 20 or 30%, and Disney owns the rest of it, and they bas- and Comcast basically said, yeah, um, we have we own this, too, but you do whatever the hell you want. So yeah. weird how those contracts work, but what is going on for uh, all of our lovely listeners, then, with the streaming? So it's looking like... HBO Max, which they say is one of the more expensive subscription services next to like Netflix and Amazon, may be getting some of their content over to HBO Max. I mean, HBO Max to Amazon Prime. So the Prime customers, which who get, I believe, the Amazon service for free when you subscribe for Prime and that kind of stuff, will now be getting some HBO content. How is it on Prime? Is it on Max? Uh, Is it a mashup? It's just... it's, It's a remix. It is so... Confusing. <laughs> so they can click a button and maybe their subscription will let them through. It's the hoops I'm talking about. Right. So apparently, Warner Brothers Discovery and Amazon have announced a new deal that'll make HBO content accessible through Prime Video. Ooh, interesting. So according to The Hollywood Reporter, it is going to be called The Warner Pass, will include both HBO content as well as titles from a range of other channels, including Cartoon Network, Discovery Channel, CNN, Eurosport, and Warner TV. So the new service will initially only be available in France as of now, and it's eyeing for a March 2023 launch. So Prime Video users who are wanting to purchase The Warner Pass will need to do so through a different subscription 
Uh, but to celebrate the deal, the companies announced that Prime Video subscribers will be able to watch the HBO series, for example, The Last of Us, for no additional cost. Which Ooh. that's been getting a lot of like they just came out with a new trailer. I think it was either earlier this week or last week, and everyone's been talking about it. It looks like it's going to be good. I'm excited. Um, but the episodes will be accessible the day after they air on HBO. Yeah, see that that makes total sense. I mean, that mm-hmm. is great timing. The last, I, last of that, Last of Us might have more publicity than any show I've seen in the last couple of years. I mean, aside from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, well, same kind of concept. But they're it's not just like Twitch or you know a movie or on mm-hmm. your TV. It's every single platform that you can imagine. They're on. Yes, and which and for a video game show. Yeah, wild. And like, I, I have very high expectations, I hope, especially because you have great actors like Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah. Which I totally forgot they both were in Game of Thrones. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah huh? um, but so other content that's going to be offered by this Warner Pass includes The Sopranos, Sex in the City, Game of Thrones, Veep, Chernobyl, which I hear good things about it, but I hear it is kind of a bummer. Uh, the Wire, uh, you'll also, they will also offer access to new shows like True Detective Night Country, The Idol, White House Plumbers, which I have no idea what that is. Uh, as well as new seasons of Barry, Succession, Perry Mason, and Somebody Somewhere. So it is a new partnership with Prime Video in France. Um, the launch will, you know, it's going to be great news for the French audience to, uh, to be able to access their series and 12 television channels all in a single subscription. Now, we don't know. They haven't said if they're going to be coming to the U.S. as of yet, but if this is something that goes well for them, because the thing is, I feel like everyone popped out with their own streaming service at once. But it's it, people are going to get fatigued and they are not going to want to pay for all these things. So the smartest thing they can do is to combine them and conquer that way. Amazon's popular in France? I didn't even know that. Oh, well, I mean, Amazon's everywhere. Yeah, it, I guess it, that's true. It's weird to me because I go to my grand, I've gone to my grandparents' house within the last uh, year and change. And they can get Amazon. Like they, I saw like the Amazon truck driving around, and like not they don't live in like a small little pueblo or anything like that. But it was just, oh, it, it felt weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just you just think of an American company, but yeah, it's really far-reaching apparently now. And so the concept is, you can probably for a cheaper cost bundle your Prime and your HBO together because you could yes. just go to eat both and buy them. But I, right. I assume I, that they're giving you a discount. It's like buy one get one half off kind of a vibe. So you're saving a portion. It's not really saying how much as of yet. Uh, or if they plan when they're going to be planning to go outside of France, if they want to at all. Uh, the thing that people were kind of worried about is with Warner Brothers Discovery deal with Amazon, this, like everyone's kind of we had WB cancel a lot of shows specifically with HBO Max. Uh, they took down uh, all the Looney Tunes for off of HBO Max. They had canceled like Bat. Was it Batgirl? Um, a lot of shows like that. And so people are like, okay, HBO Max is what's going on with you. Like if it's not Game of Thrones, you're just kind of ruining things. Um, but as of right now, people who are remaining leery, uh, the company has reassured its supporters that they don't plan on canceling any more projects in the future. And they have come up with some great solution. Most importantly, now that they're done with that chapter in the company's life. Yeah, I can't so, blame them. I mean, they got a lot of good shows. I assume they're just trying to reach people. I mean, Amazon is, I mean, it's huge. So they're going to get a lot more views, which makes sense. Yeah, like, I feel like when something gets popular, like really, really popular, like superheroes, superhero shows, and especially when you have ones that did so well, like on HBO Max, like Doom Patrol and Harley Quinn, they just want to capitalize it. So like, let's get as much of uh, these uh 
DC comic shows as we can, and we're going to green light them and do this, this, and that, and get the rights, blah, blah, blah. And then they realize, wait, what if, I think we're seeing people getting tired of that? Oh, crap. We yeah. just put money in. Let's just scrap it and save as much money as we can. It's been a little bumpy road for DC. Yeah. <laughs> But luckily, it looks like they're going to rebound. And uh, I mean, I'm still excited. White Lotus was great. I remember I was watching that a little uh, a little while ago on HBO Max. Obviously, Game of Thrones was very enjoyable. I want to see more of it. So I bigger budget, the better. And Amazon has Lord of the Rings still. So, you know, I'll mm. probably watch that too. And I'm pissed off that they canceled Paper Girls. Oh. Come on. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Well, while we wait for them to bring it back, I think it's time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, it's Friday, which means... Movies. Movies. And I might throw in some shows because it's been a couple of weeks since we've been here with you. And lots of stuff has come out. Uh, some of these have already been out or were out like at the end of last year. But I wanted to bring them up as in a, you know, something that you can watch. So not all of these are going to be out this week. These are movies that you maybe want to watch this week. All right. Uh, one of them I think we had talked about previously. And I'm very, very curious about this movie. But I get scared. <laughs> no, not scared. Because it's supposed to be a mystery, but thriller, but with horror. Like there's, I'm guessing, jump scares. But it has gotten so well reviewed. It is an 89% on the tomato meter with an audience score of 76. And it's called The Menu. And I think I briefly touched on this last month. Uh, this is the movie that has a couple, which is uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt. And they travel to a coastal island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef, played by Rafe, Ray Fiennes has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Ooh, yes. My friend uh, Paul actually watched this movie. Uh, what he did said he, think? he very much liked it. So apparently, like, it is currently, you can buy it on Vudu or Prime Video or Apple TV, or it's apparently on HBO Max now. Hey, look at that. Hey, all full circle. Um, but I saw, I had an idea of what it was based on the, uh, the trailer. And the funny thing is, it says genre, horror, mystery, thriller, comedy. Huh, yeah, okay. And so it makes me think that, like, in this little clip I saw on Facebook, Anya Taylor-Joy's character may not be what she seems. Ooh. So I thought it was all going to be about the chef. This looks like it's uh, some, it's got something else going she's on. She's got a mischievous look to her. I mean, yeah, she's got, she's got a really cool look. Uh, another one that I did want to bring up, because first off, it's a horror movie. Like, I got a couple horror movies in here. This is the time where they're going to start popping up, because it's kind of like a slow season. Um, but it's gotten 92% on the tomato meter. Only 13 reviews, but it's called The Offering. The Offering. Mm-hmm. So it uh, sounds, like you said, horror again. I feel like all we do is get horror movies over and over <laughs> and over and over again, and they get highly reviewed, which, I mean, makes, yeah. makes me assume people like them. But I mean, it's like you're not a horror movie junkie. No, I don't. Know? I personally don't really like horror movies, I guess. specifically horror movies. Uh, like, okay. Horror movies, do you not like the jump scares? Do you not like the uh, gruesomeness? Do you not like monsters? What is it that you don't like about horror movies? For me, I just get terrified oh, of I, everything. I just The story always is the same for me. Ah. They just always die. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. They're going to die in some gruesome way. Like Saw was interesting because there were puzzles. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, there's a little bit of something to this. But like, yeah, just the movies where it's like, oh, like the Friday the 13th movies, stuff like okay. that. Yeah, or anything where there's like, People are going to get murdered in a house. Do you think who who did it? And I'm like, probably one of the people. (laughs) Uh, What do you feel about like psychological horror? So like you do have like your Friday the 13th. You're more of the the slasher films. But then you also have your like like, Hostel or Silence of the Lamb. Like Hostel messed me up. Yeah, Hostel. Yeah. Yeah. Those are better. I like Silence of the Lambs is good. But like. ah, It's also old. Does it hold up? 
And I mean, sure for me because I saw it when I was young. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know if it would hold up for someone younger now. But it, it's just one of those things where if there's not a lot of like either there's got to be great acting or like the plot has to really be like a twist and turn, like kind of almost like an M Night Shyamalan, like okay. uh, like Shutter Island kind of a thing. Like not a great example, but there was twists and turns. You know, you know. But yeah, like just those jump scares, all that stuff. That just never done for me. And the comedy, I also don't like horror comedy too much either. Like mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead was funny. I like that, but I kind of grown out of it. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. It, for me, like Evil Dead, that's like the most I can do, and yeah. I think it's mostly because Bruce Campbell brings a lot to the stuff. Like, because I watched the whole series, and it's not to say they're bad. I just don't like the genre. I like if I'm yeah. going to do comedy, I'd rather do other kinds of comedy. Um, but yeah, uh, this one it's in the in the wake of a young Jewish girl's disappearance. Appearance, the son of a Hasidic funeral director returns home with his pregnant wife in hopes of reconciling with his father. Little do they know that the little do they know that. Directly beneath them is the family morgue, an ancient evil and with sinister plans for the unborn child lurks inside a mysterious corpse. Why are there always cemeteries or morgues involved? Don't hang around dead people. Yeah, not, not my jam. Uh, this one I wasn't going to bring up, except it got 77% on the tomato meter. It's another horror movie called Skinna Marink. Okay. It is all one word, Skinna Marink, and then it's upside down writing in this house, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, let me guess. Someone gets skinned. Yeah, I don't know. This is either a British one or an indie film because the I don't know any of the actors. There's not even pictures for the actors. But it's two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. Of course. Because why do you need windows or doors when you have no skin? Okay, enough. No more No more scary. I'm going to bring up... <clears throat> all right, Adam this- Driver. Okay, fine. I'll do Adam Driver next. <laughs> Sorry, I need some lighter news. I mean, yeah, after that. I did have another light one. There's a couple Ooh. other light, cool stuff, too. Okay, but I will bring one. up <laughs> I'll bring up uh, Adam Driver's movie. It is called White Noise. So the tomato meter gave it 63%. Audience score, 32 But again, Oof. I like Adam Driver, and I like this premise. It is currently on Netflix. It was released in theaters last year. Uh, it's also got Don Cheadle in it. Uh, it's gone. It was a multiple fest and it won a couple of awards. So I'm surprised that people weren't digging it. But it says at once hilarious and hor- at once hilarious and horrifying, lyrical and absurd, ordinary and apocalyptic. White noise dramatizes a contemporary American family's attempts to deal with the mundane conflicts of everyday life while grappling with the universal mysteries of love, death, and possi- the possibility of happiness in an uncertain world. So that doesn't really kind of give you a lot, a lot. And then I went online to see, okay, can you give me a little bit more information? What does this mean? So apparently White Noise is an absurdist comedy drama, uh, which was adapted from a book from 1985, of the same name. And basically, like, (laughs) I I got a little confused because it said the Airborne Toxic event. And that I really like that band too. But oh. there's a, a leak, uh, like an airborne toxic leak in the air. It contaminates everything and it's not too far from where they're at. So it's kind of got like this weird apocalyptic vibe. Everything's orange. There's a lot of death on our podcast today. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but he apparently was getting like really like rave reviews for this. He looks like a middle aged balding man and it's very weird to see. But I feel like if anybody can pull it off, it's him. Uh, even lighter, though, only because I think this is really cute. It is called The Fablemans. The Fablemans. This is getting 92% on the tomato meter, 80, uh, 92, and then 82 audience score. Uh, basically, The Fablemans is about young Sammy Fableman falls in love with movies after his parents take him to see the greatest show on earth. 
Armed with a camera, Sammy starts to make his own films at home, much to the delight of his supportive mother. And mother played by Michelle Williams, father is Paul Dano, Seth Rogen is in this. Uh, and this is kind of sweet. I looked into it and it says, what was the Fableman's based off of? The film is a semi-autobiographical story loosely based on Spielberg's adolescent and first years as a filmmaker. Whoa. This is kind of like a semi-telling of his life in filmmaking as a kid. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. It looks like it's going to be one of those, I don't want to say feel good, but like motivating, sweet, and like all the actors are phenomenal. Like, So I think if you want to need something a little more lighthearted, that might be a good one. That sounds like a great idea. And I mean, he's got a huge career, so seeing where it came from. Uh, But yeah, Bad Batch is back, season two. A couple episodes are out. You can check that one out as well. Uh, Also, Velma on HBO Max, played by Mindy Kaling. I'm oh. curious about it. It's getting mm, reviews, uh, yeah. but maybe maybe I'll check it out and I'll let you guys know next time. Until next time, stay nerdy.